Hello and welcome back to the Grace Fuels Wife podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas. And this week, I'm so excited to be answering a listener question. And this particular question, uh, really, she didn't ask this question specifically, but she came to me and was like, girl, I've just been binging on your podcast and I have all these questions. And as we started to talk, I realized that all the questions she had really boiled down to this one thing. So let's jump right in. We are going to get into all her questions and essentially answer, did I actually marry the wrong man? Because I don't know about you, but back in the day, I definitely wondered that at one time or another. Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reunite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the grace Field wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the grace Field wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. So here is the deal. My girl, this listener, she reached out to me and she's like, hey, I've been binging on your podcast and Truth be told, I'm having some issues in my marriage. So as we sat down and chatted, I asked her, I said, well, what is the number one thing that you want for your marriage? Which you guys will know, you'll see if you're in my Facebook group, you'll see I ask that question a lot in the Facebook group. And I also ask it in one-on-ones or when I'm doing market research. I ask that question a lot because I'm always looking to find out what is the number one thing, desire that you would have for your own marriage. So think about that, actually. And if you have an answer to that question, please send it to me. Let me know. Go into the Facebook group or send me a DM. I'm always interested to hear that. So anyway, so I asked her this question and she uh, went into describe for me uh, that she really wished that her husband was more spiritual, that they were more spiritually connected and that he had a closer relationship with God. And she went on to tell me um, some personal stories that she had with the subject and felt like, wow, you know, my whole life I prayed for a man who really and truly loved God and this is who I married. And she was questioning that decision as uh, she's telling me the story. So then I continue on. I start asking her some more questions and I start to dig a little deeper and I start to find out how he is not 
really affectionate enough, doesn't uh, love her the way she wants to be loved. And maybe he's not so proactive and doesn't do things in the same way that she would do them. Are all of these things sounding familiar? I mean, as she's speaking, I'm like, oh, girl, I just heard uh, so many of you like, yep, yep. Talked about that one before. I've heard that one before. So let me start off by saying this. None of these concerns are uh, abnormal. Basically, I hear them a lot. I hear them from a lot of women and a lot of, I see a lot of couples going through that. So I just wanted to start by saying that, understand that if you've had any of these concerns, any of these questions in your head, it's okay. You're not alone. It is not just you. Women all the time will ask these questions. So what happens to the answer of, well, should I remain married now? Or really, did I marry the right man more so than uh, should I remain married? And what I want to really hone in, what I really want to make sure that I address is this. And I, I told uh, my client this. One day, it actually in church, I was wondering the same thing. It was like in a season of my life many years ago. And I was wondering this same thing in the midst of having a deeply disconnected relationship with my husband at the time. I believe that was before we separated, but that's really when things were really starting to get tough. And uh, my pastor at the time, he said, I hear from so many people and they wonder if they married the right person. And I'm sitting there like, huh? did he like read my diary? Like, how does he know that I was thinking about that exact same thing? And I really, I just, I wanted to hide in shame listening to him tell this story. And he said, well, let me tell you something. If you married him, he's the right man. And I was just like, what? I felt so disappointed with that answer because I was like, mm, that's not the answer I wanted to hear. And to be honest, when I said that to my client, she gave me the same look like, what? And I could tell it's not the answer that she wanted to hear. And here's why. When we find ourselves asking that question, did I marry the right man? We're not asking about whether or not we married the right person. What we're really deep down, what we're looking for is an excuse to not feel guilty about getting out of the marriage. So let's just make that clear. Because I mean, I know this is what I was looking for. This is what my client was looking for. And it may not be conscious, but is it is an excuse to say, I'm not happy, therefore, I didn't marry the right man. I prayed for a man who is God-fearing and has a great relationship with God, and that's not what I got. Therefore, it's my mistake. I chose the wrong man, so I should get out of this marriage. So you understand where that line of questioning is really coming from a place of justification. So for me, at the time, I was justifying. I remember 
saying at one time, maybe we should separate. Maybe I should end my marriage. And this is, again, before we separated. Before that, I would think about all the things that I would do. I would think about how I was going to start over. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get a transfer at work. I, I guess I'll take my daughter and I'll just start a whole new life. I would just leave the state. I was thinking about where could I go, get away and start over. And the conviction that COVID gave me in that moment or actually that evening in a dream was unreal. Like it had me laid out on the ground, just like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, God, for even thinking this. And I can preface all of that by saying, and I've said this 101 times, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it again. That was me coming from a place where I may not have been in a happy marriage, but I was married to a good man who loved me and loved my daughter. And even though we were angry and disconnected and pretty much at each other's throats, theoretically, not physically. Uh, it was not a place where I was unsafe or I was being abused or anything like that. So if you are sitting here thinking, did I marry the right man? And you are in a space where you're actually being abused, then the, all this stuff goes out the window. Like, let's get you safe. Let's get you some help. Uh, no, do not be in any sort of marriage where you are being abused. If you are being abused, then yes, you did marry the wrong man. Like you, you have permission to extricate yourself from that situation and get yourself safe and worry about what happens with the marriage after that. But that is not my case. That was also not my listener's case. She made it very clear made it a point to say, no, I love my husband. We love each other. He's a great man. It's just all these things. So remember, so the all these things, really what they were, were excuses both for her and for me to get out of this marriage that we were unhappy in. Shortly after my pastor gave that word, we went on to do a small group marriage study called Sacred Marriage. Uh, it is a book I've recommended before. I've read it several times. I've done the small group. I'm writing a paper on it. I highly recommend it if you are feeling like this. But the premise behind the book, the tagline really of the book is, what if God created your marriage not to make you happy, but to make you holy. And it is like, God, and it's a really convicting study. Not to say that we have to be miserable in marriage. All of what I do basically is to help women find a deeper level of connectedness and satisfaction in their marriage. But it is also understanding that marriage is a commitment. Those vows that we make till death to us part in front of God. I know so many of you who are really, really committed to that, but there are so many other people out there who don't necessarily feel that way. And for them, they feel like I'm miserable. My marriage is miserable. I'm out of love with him. I mean, there's just so many things that I've heard. And I think about it and I think, wow, for the marriages that actually work, there actually has to be one, if not both the partners, really interested to do the work and make some sort of change. So what this listener was asking me was almost for an excuse to 
not do the work. But then at the same time, she was saying, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. So I wanted to really start off this episode by helping you guys to understand that if you are asking this question, then truly, truly, the answer is to turn a, to turn around and say, are you willing to do whatever it takes? Because as long as your marriage is safe and all that, then there is hope. Now, I, I talked about last week about contempt in marriage. And so those sorts of things, that's what we're trying to avoid, right? That's what we want to rewind. That's what we want to stop. We want to stop that contempt before it happens because the language of contempt can be abusive language. That's when the marriage can be really ugly and just you know, that that's when marriages typically, I think it was something like 90% of uh, marriages that have entered into this place of contempt fail. Don't quote me on that. But it was, uh, it was some crazy statistic that Dr. Gottman had found in that research. So if we take it back and we say, okay, so really the question of did I marry the wrong man is not the right question, then what do I do? What sort of hope can I give you? What sort of hope and was I able to give my listener as we were talking? And the important thing is, as she started to tell me that the things that were really frustrating her, it's helpful to understand a few things. A, and this is going to apply to a lot of you, she was unsatisfied with the level of spiritual maturity in her husband or, or basically the level of where her husband is in his walk with God, I'm here to tell you that it's okay that your husband does not have to have a very deeply connected relationship with God for you to still have a happy marriage. Now, I'm not saying that um, it's a bad thing or it's not something that you should continue praying for or if, for those of you who maybe are engaged or anything like that, that if you're not married yet, then that should be a deal breaker. That should be something that's really important. But if you're already married, it says in God's word about unbelieving spouses and forgive me because I forget the exact verse, but it says, how do you know that your husband or your wife won't be saved because of you? It basically says that just because your spouse is unbelieving, that's not a reason to go, that you should continue to stay because your households will be made holy because of you. And then it goes on to say, but if you have an unbelieving spouse who leaves, then it's okay, let them go. And, and in that place, then you are kind of free to let them go. And that's what actually happened to me. I had an unbelieving spouse and he left and let him go essentially. But I didn't just let go of the idea of God being able to redeem my marriage. So scripturally, that's the answer, right? So if anyone is looking for maybe a scriptural basis for being able to end their marriage because they are unequally yoked, it's not. So it's, it is certainly one of those things that God tells us in the beginning because he's trying to help us to avoid the consequences of having a marriage that is unequally yoked. Will that be harder for you? Yes, it will. 
Sunday morning sometimes can be very difficult for us because we don't have the same level of commitment to going to church. That might be the same for you. Now, the other things that she would ask me about the levels of affection and the differences in the way they handle problems, differences in his level of proactiveness, understand that those are all things that can be worked on. His level of how affectionate he can be, that is, that does not mean that your marriage is doomed. It means that it's just something that you guys can work on together. There's reasons for things like that. There's reasons why he may not be doing the things that you ask him to do because, and, you know, and I've talked about this many times. A lot of times we ask our husbands to do something and the minute they do it, we criticize him for it because he didn't do it the right way. He didn't do it our way. It wasn't good enough. It wasn't thorough enough, which then causes our husbands to stop trying. So there's all these layers of things that really can be worked on. And, and once you start to do the work and once you start to uncover, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but it is something that's certainly possible that can lead to a much higher level of satisfaction in your marriage. When you start to really come from a place of gratitude and you really start to thank God for the blessing of your husband, and thank God for all the amazing, wonderful, kind things that he does. When you start to focus on the reason why you married him and the man that you actually married, and I get it, a lot of you are like, well, he's not the same man that I married. He's changed. There's still a lot of that in him. And a lot of times he's changed because of how you guys have been behaving towards each other. But when you start to really think about that, and when you start to focus on that, that's what comes through. It's almost like watering that lawn, right? You know, they, they, I love the saying that says the grass is greener where you water it. So if that's what you're focusing on, that's what you're going to see. Another quote that my old pastor had said once, which I absolutely loved. He said, if you want something to live, feed it. And if you want something to die, starve it. So if you want these feelings of anger, contempt, resentment, but your husband to die, starve it. Don't give those feelings attention. Trust me, they're going to come up all on their own. You don't need you to go ahead and nurture those feelings. But instead, if you turn and you really start to think about the fruits of the spirit and you start to look at your husband from that lens and really start to do the work of, okay, why is it that he doesn't do things the way I want them to do it? Is it because I'm criticizing him? Is it because maybe it's just a personality difference because he sees the world differently than I do? All of those things, once you start to see that and you really start to appreciate him for the amazing man that he is, that God has blessed you with, all of a sudden it opens up a whole new world of ideas, of hope, and of thought. I hope that was helpful to you guys. I understand that um, it could be difficult. I, I hope that I didn't leave you guys 
feeling like, yeah, you know, she's gonna, you know, give me the answer and, and let me know that I probably married the wrong man and, and give me that excuse. I apologize for not giving you an excuse or permission to just step away outside of um, there being really abuse or obviously something, you know, addiction or even something of uh, multiple times of infidelity, things like that, where you really just, you know, have to uh, take care of yourself there. But other than that, the answer to, did I marry the wrong man? I want you to understand it's probably, it's not the answer to the question you're looking for. It's why. It's actually the wrong question. So if you're interested, if you're interested to know some of these other things, the right question, how can you work on it? How can you restore those things? Jump into the Facebook group and let's talk about it. Ask me some questions. Let's dialogue. I love it. Love you guys. And until next week. Hey, love. Thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.